Good morning. This is Raina, and you're tuned into KDRT 95.7 Davis, California, where the grassroots grow. I'm here with Melissa, Victoria, and Vivian, and today we're going to be talking about the whole Earth, Earth Festival that's happening on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And before we get started, I'm going to pass the mic over to Melissa, who's going to give you guys some background on the event. Hi, everyone. So... The event, the Whole Earth Festival, began in 1969 as a small art class project known as Art Happening on the UC Davis Quad. The students used art as a way to teach visitors about the realism and act of activism, wellness, and environmental sustainability in an interactive and creative way. Following the United Nations recognition of Earth Day in, the in 1970, the event was renamed to the Whole Earth Festival, fondly nicknamed as WEF. They used to have a lot of free stuff going on in booths during the 70s, but now it's developed into more or less a holistic arts and crafts fair, where most booths are about making a profit, and has since evolved into a free student-run event, attracting over 30,000 vid visitors annually on Mother's Day weekend. WEF is a ASUCD unit and is free, eco-friendly, and a three-day music, dance, art, crafts, and educational festival. Hosted at UC Davis Quad, where there are many educational routes and places for children to explore. And I'm a cognitive science major. Awesome. And so I know you're a volunteer at the Whole Earth Festival. How did you get involved with that? So I'm volunteering because as a first year when school was still in person, I just heard that in spring quarter there was going to be this festival that was going to last for three days. And I thought it was interesting that the whole Earth Festival, like its slogan is that it's a free zero waste student run event that values acceptance, expression, sustainability, community and inclusivity. And I was like, oh my gosh, this seems interesting. And I saw a bunch of booths and um, event spaces being set up on the quad. So I wanted to volunteer. Um, also, I know that the team has been working really hard on um, designing and publicizing and trying to bring community together for this event. So I wanted to be a part of that this year. And have you went to the festival before? I went to the festival my first year, yeah. I went twice. Um, I didn't get to see the performances, but I went to the booths. And um, they were like set up around the quad in like a box. and. There were just a lot of different vendors and like um, people selling um, their crafts, um, art pieces, and like people tabling for their organizations. I remember I bought like these bamboo plants for because it's Mother's Day coming up. I bought bamboo plants for my mom, for my grandma that I came home and gave to them when I when I got home. That's so sweet. It's really Aww. cute. That's so sweet. And is the festival free? I don't really. The festival is free. It will be open on campus um, Friday to Sunday, and anyone can come in. And there are things that you can pay for, like for food, um, yeah, for food or for the items, but you can definitely walk in and explore on your own. That sounds really cool. Can you explain the process of how you even, like, what's the process of volunteering? Is there a website? Yes, there is a website. So the Whole Earth, Whole Earth Festival actually has, like, another Instagram. So they have at Whole Earth Festival, which is their main Instagram, and then they have a different volunteer Instagram 
at HelpWEF2022. That's mm-hmm. from the top of my head. But they are really depending on volunteers to make this event happen. And once you fill out a form um, indicating that you are interested, they'll follow up with you and invite you to this website called Time Counts where you can sign up for volunteer shifts. And that's where I could see all the available shifts such as like setup, closing down, um, like working the events. Like they invite performers to come. So there will be performances. And they also have this thing um, called the experiential space, which is just like, um, I guess I'll leave that for you to explore um, because I also don't really remember. But it seems really cool. Like there are just like a lot of different people coming outside of Davis coming in. And um, yeah, so you could like work with any aspect of that. There's also, um, since it's a multi-day event, they also have a shift where you can stay overnight to like kind of like- Overnight? Yeah, to like protect or like guard the setup. Like security. Like security, but it's supposed to be fun. Like they advertise it as, oh my God, hang out in the late nights. And I'm like, oh my God. Yes. So I guess, it, I don't know if you're gonna have free time, but if you do, what booth in spe- what booth specifically are you looking forward to? Um, or like space? Right. I want to definitely, I really miss live events. Um, like I'm still like hesitant to go to concerts because of COVID, but um, like outside music, I like would love to hear some music. I would love to hear the local bands because I recognize some of the names in the lineup. Um, I feel like Davis has a pretty uh, rich band culture, like kind of small bands, but like they play good music. And like if you know where to find them, you can definitely like experience that. So I'm excited to hear live music. And also really excited to just like look through the wares, you know, see the items available and also like try some good food like i'm excited for that i think last year i had some pupusas not last year um the first year there was like a pupusa mm-hmm. truck but there'll be good food i'm sure is there anything else you want to share i think that this would be this will be an interesting festival like it's definitely like the sustainability aspect of davis coming out kind of like davis culture kind of does have i don't know this like down to earth like almost, almost, but like no, that's true, yeah. So I'm interested to see like the people who will show up to this, and also I know that it'll be a cool event for community members to explore. Okay, <clears throat> thanks for the interview. So now, uh, hi guys, I'm Victoria, and now I gotta introduce. Uh, what do people do at the Whole Earth Festival? So at the Whole Earth Festival, the, there are many interesting activities and programs, such as band performance, dance performance, and the craft-making programs. For example, at, ni- at 2015 event, people drew beautiful pictures together and painted on the same white canvas, showing the love of life and the unity of the community in Davis. During, during the 2017 event, people also watched a fire dancing performance. The artists held the fire per- dancing performance on East Street in downtown after dark. In addition, Whole Earth Festival also promotes the concept of recycling and the zero waste, encouraging people to value the reuse of resources and to make the handcrafts out of some scraps and rubbish. Many families um, are actively involved in these activities to teach their children the importance of protecting the environment and not, not wasting the resources at, at an early age. 
So I think no matter which event is held, the whole Earth Festival is a good way to increase people's life for love in the city of Davis. All right, so I would like to introduce you guys to the four values that they have. And the first one is acceptance, um, expression, sustainability, and community. The one that I want to talk more about is sustainability. Uh, because they value it, so the festival is zero waste, meaning that they have utilized um, reusable dishes and sort of any waste into compost and recycling. They also cherish sustainability in other aspects of life, such as food sustainability. The Whole Earth Festival is a family-friendly event, and it's held on campus. Uh, I think it's an event that seems to be very exciting um, and honestly very welcoming. Um, it's a place where, as mentioned, you can learn all about sustainability, recycling, compost, as many of those things are there on campus to teach children and families and adults about sustainability. Awesome. Really quickly, I want to ask, what are you guys looking most forward to? I'm looking forward to the shirt. It's cute. Uh, I would say I'm just looking forward to any performances that there are there and art events. Yeah. Um, well, um, it's this weekend, the WEF event, um, from May 6th to the 8th, and the times vary from either starting at 12 p.m., ending at 10 p.m. or 6 p.m., located at the UC Davis Quad. So definitely go if you can. It'll be fun. Some hard times, and I'm told some years were lean. They had a storm in '47. A twister came and stripped them clean. He lost the farm and lost his family. He lost the wheat and lost his home. But he found the family Bible. Faith as solid as a stone Yes, and joy was just the thing He was raised on Love was just the way To live and die Gold is just a windy Kansas wheat field And blue just a Kansas summer sky So he came to live at our house And he came to work the land
Alright guys, this is Nate Littlefield. Everyone's tuned in to KDRT 95.7 Davis, California, where the grassroots grow. Today, uh, well first of all, we are the group known as the Cool Smart Radio Students. Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes we are. Uh, and today we're going to be discussing uh, a hot topic. It's uh, the decline of Netflix and how just, you know, some, some people are devastated by it, how, how their stock price has fallen. And we wanted to kind of gauge the temperature of, uh, you know, get a little climate check of how everyone's feeling about it. So we had uh, Hao Han here conduct an interview or conduct a, a questionnaire with some students. Uh, and is it, is it just students, Hao Han? Or? No, it's actually from Reddit. So people from Reddit. Okay, yeah. So he was kind of trying to get uh, kind of see how the culture as a whole is feeling on, on Netflix. So if you want to go ahead and read some of these. Yeah. Oh, oh, for those who don't know, Netflix stock, what, three weeks ago, Jerry? Is that how long it was ago? Uh, <laughs> so it dropped size very much. Maybe like around 70 Yeah, 70% from two weeks ago. And as their stockholder, uh, it kind of sheltered my heart. <laughs> so, yeah. And we'll see if anyone feels the same from uh, Reddit's comment. Okay, so yeah, we'll have Han uh, read some of those. we got a little backstory. Yeah, I guess everyone feels the same as you. Um, so here is the one I got from Reddit. Um, Netflix may be one of the first milestones that will make Gen Generally Z kids feel old when kids saying like, "What's Netflix?" And oh, that's yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, you don't think about that stuff in the moment as much, but yeah, okay. Here comes another one. Um, can't wait for the Netflix documentary on. Uh, how Netflix put itself put uh, out of business. <laughs> Is that going to be on HBO Max? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to update on the situation, right now, uh, some investors are in the federal court in San Francisco are attempting to sue Netflix for misleading information about their subscriber count. So it's, interesting. It's not looking good for them. Interesting. Uh, it's why I think this is their first quarter that their subscriber declined. Like even though a uh, part of it because uh, they shut down their service in Russia, but just a uh, growing in subscriber overall in the uh, in the last quarter is just like misquiver the outcome they were looking for. So yeah, it was really misleading for the investors. You know, and I, I think they're predicting uh, maybe like a million subscriber loss by the summer. But you know, Stranger Things 4 has come out in the summer. I'm sure they're working on Squid Games too, so yeah. they could be fine. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, me personally, well, actually, let's say a friend of mine is getting really into pirating lately. <laughs> so uh, that could be part of the problem, <laughs> too. Because, like, there's too many options. I know everyone says this, but there's way too many. The only one my friend pays for is HBO Max. So uh, pirating seems to be just back on the menu for me, or for my friend at least. <laughs> Uh, you got any more comments on? Um, yeah, but let's say I got one more here. Um, I feel truly blessed to have lived through the golden age of the internet, from selecting three songs to hopefully download overnight on uh, LimeWire to, uh, to to near completing the entirely of my post-secondary education on YouTube. It's pretty much the same. Like people, um, you know, they 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 feel blessed about living through the time they can pirate stuff on the internet and it's coming back again i guess yeah 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 it's 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 a wild story it'll be something to uh, monitor 
you know, uh, keep an eye on that stock price. Yeah, obviously not good when any company drops $200 basically overnight. So uh, it'll be an interesting story going forward. But we also wanted to discuss our whole group's a big fan of cinema and movies. So, Matt, you want to uh, introduce? We got a little interview. Yeah, so just for some context, uh, the film Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, this film came out at the end of March, actually, March 25th. Uh, and it had a limited release in some theaters, uh, but uh, it became so popular that it kind of expanded. It was released in tons of theaters, and it was a lot. It was, it was sort of like almost like a sleeper hit in a way, but instead of waiting a year or a couple of years, it was about a month, and yeah. people all of a sudden swarmed to cinemas to see it. And even right now, uh, it's playing in Davis Varsity Theater, which is not a sponsor, but they are uh, playing it over this weekend. And... Um, uh, I have an interview with an employee there just asking, like, why are so many students going to see this now? Uh, why is this film so popular? Why, what's connecting? Uh, so this is that interview. Okay, here we go. Misty. So have you seen the movie and uh, what do you think about it? I have seen it and I think that it's uh, an amazing movie. It's kind of hard to even put into words because of how crazy of a movie it is and like how mind-blowing and it's beautiful like cinematically and everything. Mm -hmm. Right now tons and tons like every class I get, I'm a film student but Still, in my non-film classes, every student is like talking about it right now. Yeah. I was wondering, why do you think people are going to see it? And maybe what, what, why does it click with maybe these students? Um, it's just like such a good movie. Um, it's got a lot of queer undertones, and um, it's very ridiculous humor. Uh, it's. Also, I feel like a lot of people are very much into the whole multiverse right now, you know? So, I feel like those are lots of good reasons it's pretty popular with the younger crowd. We normally here at this theater have uh, a very steady uh, basis of senior citizen customers, and that's like our main customer group. But since this movie came out has been just like so so busy with students and the younger crowd um and then what would you say to someone who hasn't seen the movie who is considering whether or not they want to spend 15 10 to 15 bucks on it um i would definitely recommend to see it it is a long movie but like it's it never really feels too long like it carries very well and it it's a very fun experience. One of my best friends saw it last night, and he said, like, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said something along the lines of, like, rarely do you see a movie that is just so, like, monumental that it changes your whole, like, outlook on life and everything. And this movie did that. And I definitely feel that, like... It's, it's a great movie. Um, it's a good movie to see with your family, with your friends. Um, it, there's a lot of like familial messages throughout the movie. and It's, it's heartwarming. You're going to cry probably. You're going to laugh. You're going to laugh while crying. It's, it's a fun time.
All right. Uh, well, me personally, uh, I haven't seen the film, but uh, you haven't I, seen it. I haven't. No, I want to, but I, I'm scared to laugh while I cry. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I don't. I, I've probably said this before already, but I, I cried doing that film, and I don't cry super often during really? films, but I did, and I laughed really hard too. Um, if you want to see it, it's, it's at Davis Varsity Theater. Again, not a sponsor, but it's also, uh, we have some insider information that it might be in the upcoming weeks. Look out for it for free at the Cruis Hall from the Entertainment Council. Yeah. Cruis Hall is very nice theater, too. Yep. Yeah. It's just um, built. It's and it would be open to everyone. a year old, I don't think. Yeah, so it's amazing. That, that film, it's got great reviews. It's A24. It did a, it's doing really well, and uh, go see it if you haven't yet. Okay. And, and tonight we have Ladybirds. Yeah, at oh, Cruess yeah, Hall, yeah, ACCD yeah. Entertainment Council is presenting Later Bird, free, open to the public. So make sure you go check that out too. Shot, shot locally. Okay, we got about a minute left here. I want to ask you guys a question. Um, uh, name a movie you cried at. Can we do that real quick before we get out of here? I'll tell you mine first. It's really embarrassing. Uh, it's Toy Story 3 uh, yeah. when I was Aww. like 14 or whatever. Yeah. Just because I grew up with the first two. And then at the end when they gives all the toys away. Yeah. I was like, why am I crying? But anyway, I, you know, hormones, you're young. But you guys don't have to share. Uh, for me, it's a Field of Dreams, the baseball movie. It's just like, <laughs> really? yeah, like when, yeah, when he kind of like, I don't know, when he kind of resolution with like everything with his dad and like all the players yeah. show up. I mean, it's a special moment for me, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for me, uh, Gladiator and Pokemon. Pokemon, you know, the first movie? You know, with- and like, with like, uh, Pikachu is like when he dies or yeah, when pretty, Ash pretty dies. Yeah, yeah when Ash dies. So. All right, well that's gonna do it for our, how long do you want to tell you? Oh, uh, sure, sure. Because you guys bring about animation. I will say Coco. Coco's uh, sad. Yeah. Yeah, Coco is it's really sad. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, thanks guys. Uh, this was uh, KSRS, and we're gonna go ahead and transition over our next group.
Good morning. Now we're on to the third group, UFM. I'm Erica. I'm here leading in the group. I'm going to let my groupmates introduce themselves real quick on this lovely, cloudy morning. Hello, everybody. My name is Steven. Hello, everyone. My name is Emerald. Excellent, excellent. Today we're going to be we're on the Davis Community Desk. We're going to be talking about the um, this new bike pass that's being built in Davis. It's kind of popped up out of nowhere. I didn't really notice it until a couple weeks ago, but um, yeah, it's a new exciting build. I believe Emerald has some more information on that, so I'll, I'll let Emerald talk about that for a second. All right. So um, this is like a new overcrossing. It's located. Uh, between Pole Line and Olive Drive, and um, basically, it's uh, overcrossing to connect the two over the fr um, freeway for a little more uh, safer um, walking or a safer commuting. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you get an interview? You got an interview, right? Yeah, I was able to get an interview with the lovely uh, city engineer. Her name is Diana Jensen, and in the interview, she's going to go into a little more detail about what the overcrossing is and how it's going to work and help people. So we'll do that now. This is Diana. Hi, Diana. This is Emerald. You can go ahead, tell me um, who you are and what your profession is. I am the Interim Public Works Director for Engineering and Transportation and City Engineer for the City of Davis. Could you tell me a little more about what the overcrossing is? Yeah, the, it's a, a new structure and it's a bike and pedestrian ramp that connects the shared use path from pole line overcrossing of I-80 down to Olive Drive and connects to the Class 1 bike path, which runs parallel to IED from Olive Drive to County Road 32A. So it it's, uh, allows more connection for bicyclists and pedestrians who are trying to get to that part of town. How was this overcrossing originally made? Like, were there any complaints? It really came out of a study that was done. It's called the Bike Walk Audit Report that was completed actually back in March of 2014. And the connection ramp and some intersection improvements in South Davis for Montgomery Elementary were identified as improvements that were needed to assist in better safety for kids riding and walking to school. And it was actually selected um, for the Active Transportation Program grant funding from Caltrans. And so we received grant money for this project. And it was also studied as part of the Richards Olive Drive Corridor Study. And that was presented to Council in uh, 2016. So there's, it was identified in a couple different studies that it was a, a necessary improvement project. Was it hard to start on this project? Well, we did have to apply for the grant funding a few different times, so it took a while to, I think it was our third application <laughs> before we were accepted for the grant funding, so it did take a while to get that approved. And then the process from that is we, once we were accepted, we were able to get a designer on board, so we did an RFP to get a consulting firm to design the project. 
and once that was complete, then we put it out to bid and and got a contractor on board, and the project started in the spring of last year and is open to the public right now. How was the process for um, the building part? Yeah, for it's a it's a linear ramp bridge and it's a cast in place reinforced concrete box girder bridge. So it was formed to reach from the Olive Drive bike path and they built the forms up to the connector of the pole line overcrossing that overcrosses both the railroad tracks and I-80. And um, there's a expansion joint where it connects to the existing structure to allow for movement with if there's earthquakes and that kind of stuff. So it, it there was a lot that went into the process of designing it. And then the construction firm that was hired to do the work has a lot of experience in building bridges and ramps. And I can't remember if I said this already, but it's 14 feet wide and 408 feet long. What are your expectations of this overcrossing for the community, say maybe like in the next five years or so? Well, we really are expecting that the students that go to Montgomery Elementary who live on Olive Drive will start using it to get to school. And we also expect that other students living along the Olive Drive corridor will use the ramp to access other parts of Davis along Pole Line, um, including the post office, Playfields Park, and Oakshake Town Center in South Davis. They can also use it to get to businesses along 2nd Street by accessing the path that connects from the pole line overcrossing path to 2nd Street near Sudworks. So there's an ability to get to 2nd Street there as well. We also anticipate people who are bicyclists who um, may commute to Sacramento for work may use the connector to access the Class 1 bike path mentioned previously that runs from Olive Drive to County Road 32A. So we feel like there's a lot of different users who will appreciate this new access. Yes, it sounds like there's a lot of people that get a lot of help from this. Yes, we, we hope so. Is there anything else that you would like to share? I would just like to encourage everybody to come out to the ribbon cutting. It's going to be a lot of fun, and that's May 16th at 4.30. Thank you, Emerald. I, that was a really interesting interview. I feel like I learned a lot about it because I've looked at that bike pass. I've not been over it because I don't live in that area of Davis, but it seems like it would be fun to ride my bike down. <laughs> yeah. A lot. Um, but hopefully it opens up some better transportation around Davis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like um, what she said, what Diana said, I had no idea that there was a, like elementary students walking around that area to school, so oh, I'm glad yeah. that they're getting a a nice like safe ramp to walk yeah on. that's a that's a really good point yeah i believe you had a story to tell us Steven. so yeah i usually pass the bike the bike ramp on my way to starbucks because i like the one near the nugget better <laughs> and every time i see it i see i notice how steep it is and i'm currently a senior and in my like four years here i've had a total of five bikes what <laughs> i've either lost them gotten it stolen um, one time the lock rusted and I just was too lazy to do anything about it. So I abandoned <laughs> it. And the last one I left on campus right before everybody was like sent home for the pandemic. 
so I've been walking or Ubering, but every time I see it, I see how steep it is, and it just looks like it'd be so much fun. So I'm considering the sixth bike. The sixth bike. <laughs> so I will update if that happens. I feel like you should. It's opening soon. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, if you want to know the details, it's going to be May 16th. That's Monday at 4 p.m. Monday, May 16th, that's Monday. Not, yeah. not this coming Monday, the following Monday. The following Monday, following yeah. Monday, and they're Monday. going to be doing a, a grand opening, so they'll be having refreshments as well. Yeah, that's, that's another that's incentive for you to go, Stephen, with your sixth bike. <laughs> facts, facts. And oh, then yeah. just to see the ribbon cutting. I feel like that'd be so much fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully, you know, maybe we should take like a class trip out there and I'll ride the bikes, our, our bikes down it. Definitely. I feel like that'd be pretty fun. But all right, I think we're just at our time limit here. This is UFM with Erica and... Stephen. And... Emerald. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Tune into KDRG 95.7 with the grassroots grow. And uh, we are playing Lady Gaga here because we are just too hot for radio. Uh, in fact, we're not even in the radio station. We are in Trader Joe's. And ooh, we see a trader over there. Let's do an interview. worked at Trader Joe's quite literally I think it was for like two weeks um, it was not a long time however I got like a lot of background Trader Joe's is super interesting so they started out pretty much focusing I think on beer and I think wine started in like SoCal um, area I can't remember exactly I where I think it's Pasadena I think it's Pasadena yeah. you're so right so like they started out as like a mom-and-pop shop they focused on pretty much alcohol it's really hard to compare Trader Joe's to like Safeway yeah. Bunny, earthy, mm -hmm. um, like the people who shop there are like very typical Davis students. I feel like yes. like they align very well. Davis mm -hmm. students are hoes for Trader Joe's. Yeah, like Trader Joe's like does a good job of. They don't focus on profit very much, and it's never talked about. Yeah, like they they I would say for the most part, obviously they're still in the profit making business, but they do value I think the customer a lot more than other companies do. So like again, back to values, like it aligns a lot with people. I feel like a good Trader Joe's product is like one 
that you didn't expect. For example, when I was working there, we had the boba ice cream and it was flying off the shelves. Yeah. Trader Joe's does a really well with like creating these new products that like haven't been done before or are like, you look at it and you're like, I don't know if that would be good. Like the boba ice cream was like that mm-hmm. for a low price, but then also making it like something that hasn't been done before. The thing is, I don't feel like Trader Joe's is like afraid to fail in mm-hmm. terms of like products. Like they'll try and if it doesn't work, they'll just get rid of it. I think the good products are like ones that are exciting. What are your top recommendations, your favorite Ooh. Trader Joe's products? So the main one is the Pasadena salad. Mm-hmm. I literally would die for this salad. I don't eat salad because it does mm-hmm. not fill me up ever. Mm-hmm. This one is, it literally tastes like Southern California like Disneyland it's very obviously dressing um and it has like walnuts and pecans and then has it's like a summertime food for sure oh my god Uh, maybe I'll have that tonight no literally everyone go get your Pasadena salads it's (laughs) so good this is also random if people like pineapple juice Trader Joe's sells pineapple juice like in a carton oh, okay. uh, it's a very niche audience for this mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah the pineapple juice goes super hard yeah of but course that's the like mandarin that's Trader Joe's brand is like right niche, is like you know? super niche mandarin the or- mandarin orange chicken literally mm-hmm. so good the brown rice a staple the frozen really? brown rice okay i haven't tried it so the issue that i've had with like mm-hmm. rice that you put in the microwave mm-hmm. is that either comes out super mushy and mm-hmm. or if you try to make brown rice yourself, brown rice is so hard to get right. They have them in packets of like three and you could, it's pretty much like six servings mm-hmm. um, and you literally just pierce it and then you chuck in the microwave for three minutes and it's like the perfect brown rice. But yeah, overall, yeah. love Trader Joe's. Is there anything else you want to add for the, our listeners? I mean, Gen Z now is like looking a lot yeah. into like ethics. Company culture. Company culture. Yeah, it's like, I've thought about that a lot. And I feel like Trader Joe's does a really good job aligning now mm-hmm. with that um, and they make it very popular public uh so i don't know i feel I like, like their morals kind of align a lot with mine and i is like i okay. felt like it was obviously it's a massive mm-hmm. chain but it does not feel like it and i do feel like they like care about people in general and i was like this is so nice well thank you so much for your time andrea i would oh, really appreciate it i hope that you have a great rest of your day thank you you too okay that was um our interview with andrea if you're just tuning in um such great uh product recommendations from her so now we are gonna do um a taste test actually uh so first we're gonna try what is that the apple juice unfiltered um so let's let's we all have our little shot glass dixie cups so (laughs) cheers cheers okay this was my product recommendation so i love it it's the second best apple juice in dave in the world with the, uh, the farmer's market and Davis, but you know, um, it's the farmer's market is definitely the first one. Shameless plug about that one. It has pulp. That's why. But what do you guys think of it? Because I know that some of this is your first time trying it. I'm not sure about it. it it's too sweet for, for my taste. Really? <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Well, I think it's really refreshing. And then it's really, yeah. Yeah, it is. For sure. I did. I like, I was just staring at me on my kitchen table. I had to drink some of it beforehand. Um, okay, so now we're going to try the hickory barbecue chip. Um, so that is also um, a staple of mine. So this is one that I really like to uh, try on the, uh, to, or not try. I, I have these when I go like to Soho or like do like a road trip. Like it really hits on the US 101. So, uh, okay, let's try it. Mm, glorious. It's really crunchy. Mm. <laughs> This is it, it, not too salty. Yeah. It's Maybe not. It tastes like so barbecuey. 
I love it. It's oh yeah, it's, it's super crispy. It's so good. Oh my god, no, it's so good. I just mm, I put my little hand in there when I'm driving, and I'm just like, mm, I love it. Oh my gosh, it is so good. Mm. Um, so next we are gonna try uh, some crispy, crunchy chocolate chip cookies. So this is actually Kana's recommendation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, really good. Um, for some people, um, uh, whoever likes crunchy um, cookies, crunchy cookie, yeah, they're really small, kind of like dog treats. Um, so let's let's all try them. And. Uh, I'm glad we're not trying it in the radio station. We're in Trader Joe's just mm -hmm. to Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Really nice one, but let us know. Uh-huh. Glorious, glorious. What are you guys' opinions? Get up close to the microphone. Nice and light, not too, like, hard or crunchy. D just the right amount of texture. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't really eat it because I have food allergies, and I'm not trying to die right now. So. Oh, I didn't know you had allergies. Why didn't you tell us that? It's all good and everything. Is it, are you, do you have a peanut allergy? Yeah, nuts in general. Oh, nuts in general. Oh, that's good. I was going to bring peanut butter cups because so I, I had some left over, but I was like, mm, not, not not trying to kill someone today. Yeah. Um, next, we have our beef jerky. Uh, I had some of this earlier because I was very hungry. Um, I love beef jerky. That's also a good, um, what's it called? Uh, road trip snack. Love it. Ooh, I have some. Yum, 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 I want it. <laughs> Ooh, so good. It's very filling. Okay. Let's try it. Cheers, everyone. Mmm. Very chewy. This is the best I've, I've had so far. So far. Wow. Okay. We have a Trader hater over here. But. <laughs> yeah. I usually don't eat jerky as much. Like, I'm not a big fan of it. But it's really, like, soft and easy to eat. And yeah. it's not too salty. So yeah, I really like no, it. Especially if I'm on, like, a road trip right now. Like, mm -hmm. I would need to like like i'm chewing my heart out and then driving and it's just too much so like this is really great oh that's the next one <laughs> we have is the <laughs> vegan nacho cheese dip and the organic elote corn dipper chip dippers this is also my recommendation i love them so good i'm not even vegan but like it tastes glorious i had it last night Oh yeah, oh we have anything over here, just um kinda of dipping it. Oh yeah, take a good hefty scoop. Oh can, can you bring me some more apple juice? <laughs> oh now you want more apple juice! I thought it was too sweet for you. It's my my mouth is dry. Okay, let's try. Anyways, see how it sticks right on there? Like it just the it's not mm, so good. Like it's not like it doesn't. Are you trying? It is, this so, is so good. Thank you. <laughs> I hope the is worth it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is my recommendation. Yeah, try yeah, the barbecue. Mmm. Mm. It is so good. Like you see vegan nacho cheese, and you're like, that's gonna taste like like terrible. And like it's not. It's so and the alote seasoning is perfect. Oh my god. Oh, now you're trying with the barbecue. I didn't try that. Wait, how is it? It's not pretty good. I mean, it might, might be just the dip that's really good. It works with anything. Yeah, I feel like it, it goes with any chip. Mm. Like any kind of chip. Yes. Oh, I'll take another barbecue chip. Ooh, we also have a recommendation from James from Trader Joe's. Shout out. He was kind of cute. And with a few single, James. Um, <laughs> um, anyways, um, he says to try the cheddar cheese rocket crackers. So he says they're like salt fish, but better. How is it? Honestly, it kind of just tastes like goldfish at this point. Okay. Well, okay. So James doesn't have the greatest taste. Oh, one. Wait, oh. Uh, yeah. So Grant, James, you know, it was kind of a bust, but I feel like it's a good, like maybe put it in the vegan taco cheese chip. 
still tastes more dip than the chip. <laughs> but the dip is amazing, so it's kind of yeah. a, more of a vessel. It's a vessel. It's, it's so, okay. a complimentary vessel. I feel like this is good if you want something just like a little bit more, like just a little bit more chill. Not something as like, you know, spicy. Not spicy, not really spicy. Not actually spicy, but like, you know, exciting, I would say. As the hickory barbecue chips and also the elote chips. Like those definitely have some more kick to them. So if you want something more like chill. Any final thoughts? We have like one minute left. Those are very nice quick round robin of this various snacks. I mean, I enjoyed all of them. Then, then again, I'm also kind of hungry right now. So, I am ravenous. All right. I think we are about to go because we're too hot for radio. And uh, let me just give a shout out to Jasmine who, who bought me dinner last night. And uh, all right, see you guys next week. Welcome to the show. I'm Yiren. You've come from the group YRO, um, best radio on air. And today, our group member, um, Marcel, Antonio, Roger, gonna bring a very great but crazy topic about the AI and Neuralink. Yeah, thank you for that introduction. So for today's topic, we will be discussing Neuralink and artificial intelligence. Um, artificial intelligence is the ability of computers or robots to do tasks that 
usually are done by humans. And the point of controversy is are computers intelligent, you know? And by intelligent, we refer to the human intelligence, like our own ability to think and speak for ourselves without really having someone else controlling what we do. Um, a couple examples would be like Tesla, Siri, Alexa, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so this brings me to the talk about the private company founded by Elon Musk, Neuralink. For those who might not have heard of it yet, Neuralink is working on the idea of creating an intelligent chip that would be inserted into our brains. Once that chip is implemented, the human brain, in the human brain, it would um, allow a computer to translate a person's thoughts into action. So eventually allowing us um, to do anything we do today through typing and kind of like pressing buttons and moving a cursor, et cetera, stuff like that. And then now we're going to have Antonio up next, um, transition into the next segment. Symbiosis between human brain artificial intelligence is the goal of Elon Musk's Neuralink. Musk told artificial intelligence podcast host Lex Friedman in 2019 that Neuralink was intended to address the existential risk associated with the digital superintelligence. We will not be able to be smarter than a digital supercomputer, so therefore, if you cannot beat him, join him, Musk added. Musk has stated before that he believes AI is a fundamental existential risk for human civilization, allowing machines to overtake humans with increasing degrees of freedom. Elon Musk strongly believes that AGI, or Artificial General Intelligence, will come within the decade. AGI is AI that will have equal intelligence to humans, meaning that the technology will soon catch up to the intellectual complexity of humans, bringing a risk as human civilization as the dominating species of Earth. Elon has been trying to share with everyone how fundamentally game-changing artificial intelligence truly is. The byproduct of that fact is that Neuralink will also change the game by advancing human intelligence to be on par with the very top of the intelligence food chain. Humanity will have a far less likelihood of going extinct anytime soon. Next up, we have Roger, who will be conducting an interview. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm here with my friend, John. Can you introduce yourself, John? Hi, my name is John Ng. I'm a CS student at UCLA. All right, John. Have you heard of Neuralink? Yes, I heard that it is a company owned by Elon Musk on designing uh, chips inside a human brain. Exactly. So with your knowledge of computer science, do you think this is achievable on human? I think it's definitely achievable. And uh, I've been reading some articles and watching some conference video from Elon Musk and they've been experimenting with pigs and it's at a stable stage and they said they're about to implement it on a human soon maybe this year or next year okay so if it's achievable human do you think is there any uh, potential threats i think there's definitely some potential threats you know at the end of the day we're still inserting a electronic chips inside of a human brain who knows uh if any errors comes up what kind of signal is going to mix up with the, the the neurons in our brain and that might be uh, dangerous mm -hmm. 
So there's a lot of science fiction film showed us about like what would the future look like with the AI. So what do you think the future will look like with with this technology? I have watched a interview between John Rogan and Elon Musk, and he said that it is possible if one decided to put this chip inside their brain, they don't have to learn all the knowledge, you know, by themselves. They can just use the chip as a storage almost. So all the all of the information that you need when you Google, for example, that you can just they can just transfer it directly to your chip and then transfer it to your brain remotely. So it is um, pretty amazing the things that Elon Musk mentioned in the interview. So I think it's going to be quite unimaginable what the world's going to look like with the. So what do you think of Elon Musk? I think he's a very intelligent guy, but he he is sort of on a trend to become what we know as the ultimate vi a villain in various science fiction films, where he has all the powerful companies and gatekeeps all the the secret or top information from everybody, so he can do his um, ultimate goal. But nobody knows what he's planning on doing. So. Okay, thank you for your time today, John. Appreciate you. All right. Awesome. Um, thank you, Roger, for that interview. That was it's very interesting to see the perspective of students, kind of how they view this topic. So now we're going to close off the discussion with the well, the segment with the discussion of a recent um, incident here at UC Davis that is related to Neuralink and Elon Musk. So just to kind of brief everyone in. Um, a few years ago, UC Davis was, um, it was discovered that UC Davis has been partnering with Elon Musk and the company to kind of um, do testing on the primate, primate Center on several monkeys and kind of research on how to treat brain disorders and stuff like that. Um, however, it brings a lot of concern, like a lot of people have like ethical um, concerns about this situation. Several monkeys have died from this. Um, yeah, so what do you guys think about this incident? Like, what's your, what are your thoughts on this? I feel like um, science need sacrifice. Like, but um, what Elon Musk is doing is really, I feel like what Elon Musk is doing is really scary in the future. I feel like, imagine um, you're, you're, there's a chip inside your brain and with it there's some virus. Yeah, you saw the control. Yeah, I felt um, that I kind of agree with Elon Musk about how if we create a powerful AI that we might get replaced. So in my, um, I, I believe that Neuralink is actually a good uh, possibility for humans to still, you know, remain on Earth. You know, we will we'll still have, um, you know, purpose because we are part of like this higher intelligence, kind of like a next evolution of humans is what I believe, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, that kind of just brings up a lot of, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of ethical concerns for people. Um, it's definitely a very scary thing to think about, just like AI can go wrong in any moment. We are humans and we do create mistakes. Mm. Uh, but yeah, thank you everyone for, for listening. Yeah.
Thank you. Uh, this is Yuan. You are tuning into KDRT 95.7 Davis, California. And see you next time. Here's a good one. Thank you for dropping by and having fun with us on another Jug Band Wednesday. You know, we'll, we'll do it again next week. Uh, I don't know that we're going to have Japanese Jug Bands. That's kind of a rarity. 